Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joining uh, here by Dwayne. Dwayne's uh, in a different location than usual. I'm in a different location than usual, and we have a guest with us. Fields Brown is on the podcast. This is number t- number three. This is the third time we've been third, on. Third or fourth? Well, I mean, technically, I don't feel like it might be four. I think it's four. I mean, technically more because um, we have interviews. We yeah, we all the interviews that you and I recorded last year, we like split up into like seven different episodes. Okay, so maybe I have them up to eight then. Yeah, <laughs> I think you beat Kelly. I think so. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's perfect. Oh, so man. yeah, I'm in Colorado. Yo, Fields, what's on that cup, man? Uh, this is my uh, game day mug right here. Little Arsenal. <laughs> Had this for about twelve years. Oh um, man. I'm going to be here tomorrow to drink coffee out of it at the house, so I'm going to drink out of it today. There you go. This might be the first time that I actually – no. I've, I've, I've watched an Arsenal match with you one other time in our – however long our friendship has been. Close to 10 years now. I've only watched one other time. That's for your own safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you I might get that mug thrown at you. Here's the question, though. Do you remember where that was? No, I don't. All right. So so we were we were at a tournament in uh North Carolina or South Carolina, one of the two. I forget which one it was. We were at a tournament and the tournament had like a coach's room. Oh, it was in Greenville. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then, United. Yeah. Wayne Rooney scored two lost at home that day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, just remember hey, dark, dark times. Pacing, pacing back and forth and just being very angry. Yeah. That's the only that's the only time we watch an Arsenal game together. Well, hopefully it's not that way tomorrow. Hopefully not. Uh, uh, I mean, so. worst case scenario, you see behind me, we got we're stocked up over here. Good <laughs> <laughs> thing the podcast isn't video recorded. I just noticed this. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good. That's a good point. Um, so I'll think yeah. of some marketing deals. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we before we get to uh, the new segment with Fields. Um, we we wrapped up our camp season at Delaware Union. Uh, wrapped up our camps. All camps are done now. Um, we did beach day last week, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. It was it was awesome. We had like fifty plus players out there. Um, it was a fantastic time. Something we'll do again. Obviously, now we'd have to get a permit uh, because we got yelled at by the. Uh, yeah, we uh, did get yelled at. You got yelled at. As the- Actually, I don't think I got yelled at. As the event director, as the girls' director, you know, everything, all, all fingers are pointed to you. Um, thanks. That's, I love that. Yeah, that's great. You and KP as the juniors director. <laughs> I'm just a coach. Yeah. So ultimately, um, Beach Day was great. So um, we start our preseason camp on Monday for our girls' teams. And uh, 5 a.m. tomorrow. Well, some of my players are already heading up, but Hershey Cup this weekend. Yeah, you're at the Hershey Cup. Yeah, you kick off this, the fall season, basically. There you go. Starting off the fall season. Yeah. So Hershey Cup, uh, trying to win the giant chocolate bar, right? That's what you well, get. I wonder. Well, I don't know what's on the line. We'll have to get Demetrius on here. Um, I'll see if I can find him this weekend, and we'll reach out to him and see if, if we can get. If you win, week. if you win, you get a giant Hershey, like massive Hershey bar, like it's like this big. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm not joking. Like you actually get a giant, that's giant chocolate bar. That's the speech. That's the yeah. speech at, at seven a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> we're we're playing a giant for the bar. We're playing for the for the giant chocolate bar. Yeah, you won't be able to eat. We're gonna just hang it up in the shed. 
It's going to melt. So it's going to be a bag of chocolate. Just climate drink. control. Cli- we're going to get a climate controlled picture frame. Wow. All right. That's a lot of work, but fair enough. Whatever you want to do. Hey, uh, I'm going to so get yeah, the Hershey bar. Huh? I'm going to go get this Hershey bar. <laughs> All right. So Dwayne's going to head out there and get a Hershey bar. So Yeah. But no, yeah. looking forward to it. I mean, probably not going to go into three, four, two, one. We tried that last night. The girls liked it. They just need more time in it. But looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully our other our opponents aren't listening to this today. I mean, hey, I'm going in three, four, two, one. If they're listening, <laughs> I also noticed everybody's team is named United except for ours. So I think I'm gonna just change our God Sport name to Delaware United. Delaware Union High School Girls United, and then it's just the United bracket. Okay. Change your name to whatever you want, man. Doesn't matter. I don't, I don't have access to the or now you don't need the God Soccer stuff anymore. Yeah, you can change whatever you want. I'm gonna change it for every tournament. <clears throat> Just change every tournament to different team name. <laughs> I mean you could. It won't it wouldn't matter. It'd be the same. I mean, yeah, it's just a God Soccer name, right? That's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um it's all about the points, man. It's all about them points. Um well, if, right. you put my, if you put my thing down to get the points, put my little You got soccer ID. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't go through that. I don't know. Um, all right. So Field is here. We talked about this last week. Um, the new segment is called Six Questions We Always Want to Ask. And, uh, oh, you got you got animals coming at you there. Um oh, those are the alert dogs. Alert dogs. Something's crossed the perimeter. Uh, uh, oh, so uh, six questions you always wanted to ask, and in this case, Field Brown. So Fields, uh, it'll be six questions, three coming from Dwayne, three coming from me. Okay. Dwayne's going to ask you three questions that are going to be more like soccer specific. Okay. Um, and I'm going to ask you three questions that hopefully will make you leap across the table and try to punch me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, you send me your Venmo every time you hit them, I'll send you $10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I'll go first. All right. So, uh, first. <clears throat> what? Ladies first. Thanks. Uh, so, what was the your hardest moment as a coach in general in your career as a coach? What's your hardest moment? That's a good question. Um, I think it's probably whenever I was uh, working with the Georgia Revolution uh, as the uh, assistant coach. Uh, first time I've been coaching boys in, in a long time, but never coached a, a semi-professional level and was 25, 26 myself. So managing and, and coaching and trying to ask and hope for <laughs> respect from, from players who were far better soccer players than I was, but also, um, you know, close in age, um, guys that had been playing at a pretty high level collegiately. Some of them been playing semi-professionally before so certainly trying to i guess ask and demand uh respect um it actually came a lot easier than i thought the the guys were great but i think that that interesting point of being a college women's coach and then now coaching that same age if not older guys and and again it was just kind of a almost one of those moments i I had to put on a a smile on my face or I had to put on a, a sterner face and, and hope that um, the guys didn't, you know, call me out, see me through and 
I think that that was probably gave me a ton of confidence working with guys going forward. But that was probably the most challenging <coughs> moment, I'd say, certainly as a coach. Do you feel like at any point in that moment you you were like, "This it like, there's no way I can get through this," or like, or like, like? Yeah, 100%. I remember. I remember like two moments. One was early in the season, and uh, having to run a training session, and just thinking like, "Is this the quality?" enough training session is this going to the guys going to think this is you know acceptable you know and um no real response from it again you know again people are people and respectful and it was fine uh, i think i probably made more of it myself than what these guys perceived it to be um but then we went to actually it was the summer i was moving to to knoxville and uh we played the knoxville force uh the following year i was going to be the lady force um wpsl coach and the game, uh, the, the head coach wasn't able to make. And so I was with my, by myself, the group, we got actually, uh, some really terrible weather come through. We had to stay the night and, um, we had to play like at 10 o'clock the next morning just because of everything. So I just remember having to, you know, manage the guys through the night, which, you know, in a hotel and yeah. these guys are older and they, you know, again, uh, trying to be respectful there, but then the game itself, I think, actually was probably the most calm uh, managing a match that I've been at that point. And uh, a lot of it probably was like half fear and, and half excitement. Um, won the game. We drew with them the first time, won the game the second time and um, got some, some nice performances out of players. And I think a lot of it was just, you know, putting trust in some guys and yeah, it was, it was kind of some, a growth period of about a month that I don't know if I would have had that if I had started off that way. You, you and I actually had this conversation briefly yesterday about the idea of like, as a coach, you at times get in this, in this like rhythm or at times this habit of like thinking that the session wasn't good enough or the, or the, like, is what I did. Like, did I, did I get what I wanted to accomplish or did the players and ultimately at the end of the day, like that becomes more of a self thing than like, what players actually sometimes think. Yeah. Sometimes players will let you know, especially at that level, they'll let you know if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. Then they'll, they'll probably make it somewhat apparent or you'll see that, or you can, you know, find feedback from one or two players and say, and ask them. But, and the hard part is, is getting through that point of, well, if, if they don't say anything or it doesn't look like they're, they're affected by it, then like, I just have to let it go and move on. Right. Like we all have bad days. Right. Or we all have days where we're like, Oh, that wasn't my best session. Sure. Um, so I think that that's the hard part. And so I appreciate you, you kind of bringing that up. Cause I think, again, we had this conversation last night about, you know, was it, was it, was it my best? And like at the end of the day, like it, it's what you presented. If the kids had fun and enjoyed it and they took something from it, then yeah. Well, often if you're not your own worst critic and, uh, and you're not thinking about this thing yeah. as a coach, you're not moving the needle forward, forward yeah. to progress. So the session I was running last night with, with a bunch of, U5 to U10 uh, summer kind of skills camp. And those guys did not know that that was not a good session, or at least in my opinion of my own session, they, they had no idea. And then I think sometimes you just have to, if you're not, if you're not thinking about those things, whether you're in a licensed course, whether you're running a session for an older group, prof semi-professional or recreational, like you're not, if you're not aware and, and thinking about that and having that in the back of your head, then you're probably you know, it's not coaching with the right intention. Yeah, exactly. Just through exactly. Yeah. All right. Dwayne, you want to take the next question? My question or your question? No, yours. Oh, yeah. 
What movie would be named after your soccer career? Um, and you can name this after your soccer career as a player or a coach. And why would you pick that movie? Oh man. So to use an existing is it use an existing movie title? Yeah, use an existing movie. Oh man. That's, I like that question. That's a really good question. I like that. Uh, I just think of it, and obviously this is uh take it as a pun, or if you're thinking of existing titles, I'd say almost famous, just because uh <laughs> just if you've seen that movie first of all it's one of my favorite movies it's got one of the best soundtracks if not the best soundtrack i think in movie and uh yeah i just think it's like you know that 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 story of is kind of interesting but no i just uh, that would be one that comes first to mind i didn't have time to think on on the spot um and not famous as far as remembered but just like you know again kind of almost like a pun of yeah yeah, yeah. It's definitely my sock definitely my uh Definitely my playing career. I would describe it that way. I'm more of a joke. <laughs> There's a reason where they when they say those that can't play coach and those that can't coach ref, right? So like that's a I would I would use it in very tongue in cheek and having fun with almost famous. <laughs> nice. All right. What about uh, you, Dwayne? What would what would you go with? Oh uh, man, movie probably Titanic. <laughs> my playing career just sunk. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh, I thought you were thinking about your coaching career. I was like, man, like you're pretty early on to start thinking about the same. Uh, my coaching career is Apollo 13. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're almost going to make it to the moon, but you're not going to make it. almost made it to yet. the moon and I had to return. <laughs> nice. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self starting out as a coach, knowing what you know now? And also, by the way, can we can we say – so we talked to Kelly about the the fact that you now you guys both now live in Steamboat. Uh, you're the club director at Steamboat Soccer Club, uh, and also congratulations, you just received your lady license not yeah, too long ago. Thank you, thank you. So, so now having having gone through all the coaching licenses, having having all this experience, if you had to go back when you first started, uh, what advice would you give to your younger self, knowing what you know now? I mean. I feel like I've had a opportunity to see the game at a variety of levels and experiences. Um, man, I would say just take an appreciation in the small moments and um, make note of the interactions and experiences you have. Um, I keep all my old, like, you know, this token black moleskin, not moleskin because we're not writers, <laughs> but uh, this token black kind of um, – notebooks that you have the different you know things you can write down and the conversations and stuff and, and the overall like um i this the smallest exchanges you have i think are really really important to to make note of and things you see in the game uh, for, for watching on tv um conversations you have uh, uh tactics not necessarily with numbers and x's and o's but tactics as far as like how people manage people um those would be the things I would probably say, honestly, if I, if, if like, I just think it's, it's so many it's coaching, so many small yet massive opportunities, um, in your experience and, um, taking those away and using them appropriately and having them at the right time. Um, and just keeping like, I, I'm mean, kind of a dork. I keep all these memorable things like a player card from a, a team that I really enjoy working with or, um, you know, uh, a session and maybe the notes you made or a game day preparation. Um, 
and just the little things like that that you can kind of come back years and years later and look at and think, oh, that was an important moment for me at some point in that in, in my journey as a coach. Now you started coaching while you were still actually playing. Mm-hmm. So at what point do you think you would go back if you had the time machine, you had the DeLorean, let's just say? Um <laughs> And uh, at what point do you go back to to fields while still a player and beginning to coach, or do you go back to fields done with playing, deciding to be a coach? Like, at what point do you go back? Yeah, I mean, I started coaching just with doing camps and stuff in the summer um, as a a player. And then when I decided to quit playing after two years of college soccer, and then my last couple of years of being in in college, um, began working with teams in in my town, my college. But – I would say probably more along the lines of like when I really became into it as far as, you know, made that decision. So 22, 23, like this is what you're going to do. And um, yeah. Doing. If you had the opportunity to start a soccer club without any money anywhere in the world, where would you go? So. Wait, he has no money. He He has no money in the soccer club. You got to start a soccer club from scratch. Ooh. Um, but you can go anywhere in the world. You know, I, ooh, I had a chance to, one time I went on vacation. I went to Puerto Rico with my sisters and their husbands and uh, got a chance to reach out and do a session with the, the local town that we went to. It was a t- town called Rincon. And, um, they had a little soccer club there. They were called the Rincon Surfers, um, which my sister is a big surfer. That's why we went to this part of Puerto Rico. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. First of all, just being in a different country, even though Puerto Rico is obviously very similar to the United States, but not. Um, but just I tried to I tried to run a session in Spanish. <laughs> my Spanish is pretty limited, or at least try to coach in Spanish. And after about it was one of those moments where I think they realized my Spanish was obviously way worse than their English. So they, and then obviously it's Puerto Rico. So everyone's used to speaking both. So um, I thought it was really cool. I mean, I think to the getting a chance to, to work in that environment for a session and, and seeing like the feedback and the interaction you get with kids um, somewhere rewarding like that. So I, mean, I, got, I got a really special opportunity where I am now. Uh, to work in a really amazing place. It's beautiful. And, um, and the club itself is fun and, and enjoyable, but I would say somewhere where, you know, uh, on the beach was, was kind of cool, <laughs> but uh, I would, I wonder there would be a necessarily a direct place doing that I would say, but I would think somewhere where, you know, again, if you don't have any money and you're giving back what the rewards of where you live and the people you're working with are, are, are rich you know, as far as that experience, like that was, these people were pretty, pretty poor. And, yeah. but the experience and the opportunity was really rich. Yeah. It's awesome. and it was pretty. Yeah. So yeah, okay. it's just more like that. Okay, we're, probably, we're probably in the same boat coaching in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been I'm doing a couple more directions. things. I've been doing a couple more things here in town, obviously everywhere, you know, Spanish and Spanish speaking populations are growing and here. We're no different. And, um, here it's like a almost an untapped market. We don't have a lot of the kids that are here that are Spanish speaking that are playing. Um, so I've got a chance to do some school clinics and 
English as a second language clinics. And it's awesome. I mean, I think the struggle is, is like sometimes, you know, the organization of your training session when you have those and, and getting a chance to, they just want to play and yeah, which is great, but you're trying to give them a little bit of information. And, um, but yeah, like, I think I would choose somewhere that the opportunity was rewarding and, and you could feel fulfilled that way. So, but there's already a club in Rancon, so you can't start one there. <laughs> start a rival club. <laughs> exactly. Start a rival club there. The service. Um, the English-speaking uh, service. By the way, um, while Fields was talking, I was thinking about this. So I watched the Olympics, to, and I watched the, like, the parade of like nations at the beginning of the Olympics, and I looked for the, like, the countries that like, sound like one or two delegates, but the size of the country is like, less than 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I make a note of those at least in my head. And then at some point I'm going to start writing these down because at some point I want to live in a place where there's like the least amount of people possible. Sure. Um, but they're usually like really small islands. A lot of them are small islands, like off the coast of like New Zealand and Australia, but that's where I would go. I'd go there. Like very little, just, just not, not a whole lot of people. Sure. Um, like a soccer speaking island. <laughs> only only speaking soccer terms the entire day that's right. only soccer that's the language um, that's the new language <laughs> um if you had control like let's just say tomorrow you have control of all youth soccer in the united states you have complete control okay what changes would you make get rid of all the alphabet soup leagues that are out there all the acronyms um try to i mean i i think that challenge is really difficult right and i think we've we're a country that everything is an example of our, how terribly organized our soccer pyramid is from how you can become a part of the mls to what you want to do with youth soccer um and that's just part i think partly because we're a giant country and it's also kind of the roots of our our beliefs as a country as far as like Oh, we'll just start our own league. <laughs> like, um, but I do think that that, you know, that would be my focus is to try to, how can we better organize the pyramid of youth soccer? Um, just because I think it's, it's gotten out of control. And I think the problem with those leagues is not necessarily the leagues or the people running them as much as it is the manipulation of thought that is on the families and the players. Um, that, to me is, is, and I worked in the East, you know, you know, I, I saw like, I saw really quality soccer and I, I was happy with our program and how you know, my director ran our program. But I would say that in overall, I think there's a really terrible misconception that if you don't do this at this point or play in this league, that you're not a good soccer player. And Moving here is, is shown that there's some there's quality players all over the place. Um, I think, you know, again, even if you play in your most basic USYS setup, there's good soccer players. There's good soccer players everywhere. I mean, I had the chance to work at the ODP level. And a long time ago, ODP obviously was the premier. And then when the, when the acronym league started to come pop up and you saw a lot of players that wouldn't or could not be allowed to play ODP because they're participating in these other leagues and there's still really good players there too. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the hard part is like, it's not 
the disorganization or the multiple national champions that can happen from each league or the it's the misunderstanding and misconception that if you aren't doing this, that you're not a good soccer player. And I think that's the hard part that I would like to see change is that people can play soccer everywhere and may not even be in an organized league and you can still see some really quality. So I think changing that thought process around what our league structures look like. Well, in the heart, right, great. Go ahead. I think you should be like the national team. Like I should be like your state. Like you should have like breaks in the calendar and you go train with ODP. And like you basically go back to your home region wherever like you can't, you know, like obviously Delaware being Delaware, but like I'm sure Colorado has multiple teams. But like if you live in one part of Colorado, you can't go if you play club two or three hours away, you can't go there. You got to go back to your home region and just compete. I think that would be pretty cool. And the hard part in this entire thing is um, it's it's the levels, but at the same time, it's it's the the idea like we it's the contradict contradicting message across between like U.S. Soccer, the U.S. Soccer Foundation, for example, about the idea of making soccer more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we continue to drive this idea of like. I got to play at the highest level, but the highest level is more expensive. And like, so this idea of being equitable becomes or not as accessible, right? You get to a certain point <clears throat> and you, you can't logistically get there. No, well, exactly. Right. So it becomes very difficult. And, I, and, and again, the whole, I think, I think we could probably do an entire episode, whether we agree or disagree with the pay to play model to begin with. Um, but, but then the hard part is, is that like, there's the, the 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 competition between it and saying like if you if you don't play in this you're not good enough like you said um but at the same time the contradictory messages between like within the organization itself mm-hmm. we're trying to reach out to the most players possible but only if you meet this criteria well how am i ever going to meet the criteria if i don't get a chance to develop well if you're not good enough you're not good enough see you later like off somewhere else. Like, sure. and, those, and those are the hard parts. I think that's the development structure is so screwed up from the beginning of it, right? Because we <clears throat> we want to classify kids as to whether they, they're an A kid or a B kid or, or a C kid or the, the dinosaur group or the lizard group or whatever, purple, orange team, whatever you want to call it. And we put them in these boxes. And then from a club standpoint, when we put them in those boxes, like – Realistically, the majority of the clubs, it, and, and again, I'm making an assumption, but but I've been I've been around enough to see it. Majority of clubs, top teams get the better coaches, second teams don't. Top teams usually, so when you put them automatically label them, whether you want to say that you're labeling it or not, you've already given them like different a, a different environment, a different experience. Sure. So now all of a sudden you've taken away for a chance for those kids at nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, where the research says in everything that we've done, and I'm going through my B course, you just went through your A license. Everything says that the the relative age effect and all these other things, and we take, we don't start physical periodization until like 13 or 14, and maybe even later, depending on when kids develop and all these things, because we don't know when they truly like hit their peak but we want to classify them as like, you're not good enough. So all of a sudden, like you don't get a chance to develop. So could just imagine how much better we could be. Right. If we've given, if we've given, if we give everybody else a chance, 
instead of just 10 or 12 kids a chance. Like, I think that's the hard part. And obviously, again, everyone runs the club the best way they think that they're going to be able to develop their players. And parents will make the decision that they think is better suited for their particular player. Right. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I just think that sometimes we we contradict ourselves when we say, like, we want to we want to be able to offer soccer for everybody or we want to be able to do this for everybody and have give everybody a chance because we want to be able to grow in this and that. But at the same time, we're like, but only if you check these little boxes here, right? Like, sure. can you juggle 150 times before you step on the field? Great. Fantastic. If you can't, see you later. Like, come back when you can. Yeah. Well, how am I ever going to learn? Well, well, that, that's your problem. <laughs> the opportunities are limited. Therefore, if they're not there at the starting point, the chances of you getting to that back to that point are going to be or progressing to meet that point. It's the cards are stacked against you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I do think there's a cultural sense of it, right? Like in other countries, um, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, like soccer is a more, more of a priority. And in the sense of like, that's what's accessible, right? Like playing the street, doing this or doing mm -hmm. that. Um, or there are certain countries that have made an effort from a, from a, country perspective to say we're going to invest or put time and effort intentional effort into developing kids at the youngest age groups possibly right sure. and we've seen the example of belgium germany like they've done that from that standpoint because right. they wanted at the end of the day they wanted international success right um but it starts at the like we can't just say well we want to win the world cup so let's go find every the best 24 year olds that we can that you're too late at that point like sure. you're never going to do it just needed one league you got to play your way to the top. Yeah. I mean, either that or there's a On bunch the of different ways. Yeah. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. I think the hard part of division 50, if you're in division 50, you're in division 50, you got to play your way to 49, 48, 47. But yeah. And I think, I even think that there's, I wish there was a way, and I don't think this would ever happen, but I wish there was a way to, to, to take the, to take a, a look at yeah some of the some of the I think that there's there's organizations at the highest level of youth soccer for whatever that's worth meaning girls academy or ECNL or Melissa's next they're doing really really good things but I also do think that there are clubs that are in just the USYS level or the US club level that are also doing really really good things so I think that if there was a way to to gather the information of what everyone else of what everyone's doing, I think, and trying to find the best practices and trying to come up with a model that makes sense. Or here's different models depending on where you live, where your population looks like, what you know your parents can afford, kind of like can you find a way to to streamline the process a little bit? But I don't know, probably not. I think it's I think the country's too big. And I think yeah. it's almost too yeah. far gone at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like those are all great ideas. And I think that's, that's the opportunity that the three of us get working in smaller clubs and smaller communities is you get a chance to have a bit more of that control and maybe an experiment. What, what does work, you know, and I, you know, something as simple as we've adjusted here in town, like the locations and the nights that we offer our recreational program, because so we have a goal that we want to double the size of a recreation program by 2024. And that goal is simply because we want to capture the most kids playing soccer. Yeah. And I think you have to get 
quantity before you can develop your quality, especially in this small of a community. But I also think too, giving people the opportunity to to choose a night slash location or time that works for them Mm -hmm. at a young age, um, potentially, you know, allows a kid to play, allows a kid to have an experience. And maybe that's the, the, chance to get them into the game that they hadn't had i got a funny story we, we did some some stuff with our staff and we we're sharing experiences and um a staff member mentioned that her brother went on to play college soccer at the big 10 level and you know years ago and uh the reason they decided to play soccer was that they went to sign up at the local you know recreation um building and the line for hockey was too long. <laughs> so so it was, he signed up for soccer instead. And the kid be, became a soccer player and played at a very, you know, good high level. And that was, that's how, like, it just, it, it, it's an experience, right? And yeah. so just that one little experience, you know, kind of changed the course maybe for that person's, that person's life. And well, it makes, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Right? So, yeah. so you're thinking like how many people aren't getting the opportunity and the access to, to, to play our game, or they're not getting the chance to um, have those experiences and what an experience can do for a player's path. And just even the simple idea of playing, yep. right? Just like, just isn't it just in to organize soccer, meaning two goals, direction, two teams kind of thing. And like, and and small coaching points, right? And going back to the idea of play, practice, play, that would be the like that's somewhat underrated. Everyone thinks you need to have as many cones possible sticks, it needs to be the highest possible, like it needs to look like what the 10 minute clip that you know Premier League clubs let you see off their training session. It needs to look like that. Like, why isn't my kid wearing a GPS or something like that? Yeah. Well, no, like at the end of the day, your kid wants to play. Like, right. like get him that Apple Watch. <laughs> Here's your GPS, two hundred dollars. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, your kids want to play. Sure. Right? Like kids just want to play. Um, sure. All right, Dwayne, you got the last question. <laughs> all right, last question. Um, you have the fe- or you have the opportunity to have a new rule named after you in soccer. What would you name the rule, and what would the rule be about? Mm-hmm. Rule or law? What's the difference? Rule uh, in soccer, football doesn't have laws. Mm-hmm. They don't have rules; they have laws. You have a new law of the game. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Dwayne like really. It's just uh, you like it. So like this is for everybody, youth professionals. Like this is it. We're putting a new a new law. We're putting, we're putting a new yep. twist on it. Okay. Um. Part of me wants to say like. This is all youth experience. The, depending on what tournament you go to or what year it is, the substitution <laughs> requirements are, oh, you can sub on anyone's throw or you can only sub if you're, if it's the opposition's throw and you're, yeah, whatever. Um, you know what? I really would go crazy and think about um, allowing, uh, allowing kick one kick in. A game instead of a throw it. Oh, nice. Yeah, just something crazy like that. Just just to spice it up, like 90th minute instead of trying. You don't have Roy DeLapp to throw the long throw in. You can, <laughs> you can ping a ball in there. If your uh, throwing coach wasn't there that week. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, that'd be that'd, that'd be kind of fun, right? Maybe, maybe to increase more than one. Maybe get one per half that you can choose where you want to have a, uh, a kick in as opposed to a throw in. Hold right. up. 
Hold that thought because I, I I I just remembered something as I said that. But the, uh, you got to give the ref your kicking card. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got to hold up like a, a certain like a paddle, like you're at an auction that you're going to use your your one uh, kick. My one. Here's my one. Uh, <laughs> uh, giving cards what about, to referees. What, what are you thinking, uh, Dwayne? You got any rules, laws that you're thinking of putting in? I was I was thinking, um, you know, if you know the game's tied like one one. And you score like it hits like it's a nice goal goes hits straight back of the net. It's worth like two. Ooh, okay. Instead of going extra time, like you get ten, like you add on, like it is extra time, but instead of golden goal, like instead of it ending on just any goal, it's got to hit the back of the net. Hmm. I, I would do. I would do your live one handball game. One handball game. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Just one, anybody. Anybody at any point. We only allowed Suarez. I can save a goal. Huh? I can save a goal. You can save a goal. You can punch it in. You can punch it in. Ah, uh, yeah. Maradona style. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of an interesting twist. Yeah. One. I hand. think explaining that to children would be kind of hard. <laughs> if we do it every time. Or what if you did it early and then you? Yeah, it'd be tough. Yeah, you only allowed one handball game. Okay. Yeah, what? We sound like real Americans over here trying to throw in some <laughs> stupid new rules that we think would help the game out. That probably wouldn't. <laughs> or if you, I was just thinking about like playing pool. Like if you scratch, you could just set the ball anywhere. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Either that or we could do it like camp style, right? Like if you if you kick the ball into the stands, you got to sit out for thirty seconds, okay. and, you, and you're not your team's down a player for thirty seconds or like a minute or something like that. Like yeah. Okay. Then that again, these are all reasons why these laws aren't coming in. But <laughs> it's fun to think about it. Somebody, somebody call the the MLS commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got some ideas. All right. Well, thanks, Fields, for for participating with us in that sure. in that new segment. Um, you've kicked it off. All right. Um, all right. We're gonna move on. Under twenty World Cup. You uh, won three nothing last night, didn't they? Under 20 Women's World Cup, we, I don't know that. I, so we talked about the fact that like, this is the summer of women's soccer, right? Like we've talked about that. Um, so we've, we've mentioned that before. Um, so the under 20 Women's World Cups kicked off in Costa Rica, uh, United States won three, nothing. So United States in a group with uh, United States, Japan, Netherlands, and Ghana. So they beat Ghana three, no. So, um, yeah, so that was, so that's a women's world cup. So we'll, we'll keep following that out throughout the week. Um, doing other, another piece of big news that just recently came out as of like yesterday, the world cup is starting a day early this year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the schedule the other day and it really didn't make sense that Qatar didn't have the first game. <laughs> no, it was supposed to be. <laughs> Like I thought that was like I didn't. Netherlands, I mean, Senegal, Senegal, Netherlands. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? Yeah, it it didn't make sense. yeah. Now it makes sense. Like now, now the World Cup is officially here. Qatar kicks it off. Like whoever fires yeah. scheduling coordinator. So the only thing that doesn't change, the only thing that doesn't change, is the fact that um that players still will not be released until uh, the same amount of time. Yeah. So that that doesn't change, um, but well, if you're a Barcelona yeah. player, you might as well just get ready for training camp. 
Well, no, no, no. There's like it's it's different. It's different. Barcelona just sold another piece of their Barcelona TV stuff. Dude, did you read into that? No. They founded that company that they sold the rights to. Yeah. No. Put money into it. Yeah. That's why La Liga said no. Yeah. But but ultimately now they're gonna be they're gonna be able to sign all their players. Yeah, except for they're in the hole another hundred million dollars that they were already in the hole in before. Yeah. Um, all right. So since Fields is here, well, um, let me let me ask you this. Yes, Fields. Let me ask you this: Are any of these Barcelona players that they just tried to sign? Are they walking? Are they leaving? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I haven't kept up too much with that. I just saw like brief stuff on Twitter, which I don't. I know this is not going to make me a fan of some people, but like, I kind of hope Barcelona does get through some difficulty. Like, just kind of. I don't know. I just feel like that. Barcelona and Real Madrid are always, I just feel like they're operating in the gray at all points, or they're just playing with fire. And I think, I don't know. I, anyway, I, I don't think anyone would walk, but I don't know. I didn't also think that they'd sell, potentially sell a bombing if Ursula just joined I, there. I was going to say, there's one player I know you're not taking back. No, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like you can have them. <laughs> we lost the receipt. We don't want <laughs> You hate to say that, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, you just see like, I don't know. I, I think they have a, a good bit of uh, f- football karma to pay a little yeah. bit. And I think they've gone through it. Obviously, some difficulties have gone through it, but it seems like the, the, their biggest problem to me is more how you structure your your club and what you're willing to allow happen or bring in or pay people or the amount of debt that you're willing to take on, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think any of those guys would. I mean, Busquets is about to lower his salary, so so they can sign. I mean, that, like, he did the same thing, knowing that he's not going to play. Well, I think the tough part is their loyalty discount is shrinking. Like, how many players have come up in La Masia that are still on the team that are willing to take? Like, those are the players taking the discount. Like everybody yeah. else, they have they purchased and haven't brought up. So they're not as loyal to the club. They yeah. just want to say, Hey, I wore the Barcelona shirt. Which this year, that shirt looks terrible. Yeah. I'm not a big ever since when they had that standard of not having a sponsor or they did UNICEF sponsorship. Yeah. And there was always the same looking Jersey. Yeah. It was this classic. Now that this looks Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've got a share in Barcelona because I pay for Spotify every month. Oh, there you go. So now you get you should you should email uh, Laporte and, and just try to make demands as a as a part owner. Part of owner. <laughs> All right, um, player of the match. Uh, Dwayne, you have player of the match. Ooh, push me, put me the last. Can't even remember. Last time I watched soccer. Uh, Fields, do you have a player of the match? <laughs> Um, I, I do, I do, uh, last week, uh, obviously excited about watching the first game of the Premier League for Arsenal, um, William Saliba, uh, center back, 21 years old, first game he's ever played with Arsenal, we bought him three years ago and he's been on loan ever since, um, they're saying he's going to start in the World Cup for France, he's unbelievable and exciting, so didn't score a goal, uh, didn't, Conceding any goals, but he was 
think just an impressive player. So I would give it to that. I didn't watch didn't watch anything. Oh, you could say Holland too. Holland was pretty decent. Yeah. Some nice finishes, but uh, I don't care for Man City. So I'm going to say William Saliba. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Or Zardes. Giassi Zardes did score the first Colorado Rapids hat trick in a number of years. And yeah, you know who the Rapids play tomorrow? Rapids tomorrow. Who we get tomorrow? Good old Union. Are you know, we away? Are we at home? You're away. Oh, man. I have not. Uh, Dwayne's going to the game. Are you going to it? Season three. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, we've I'll been be pretty sure. hot lately. Zardes. Jesse Sardes makes it to that corner. I'll have something to say to him. Well, we've just letting you know we've scored nine goals in the last two games. So we've also conceded seven goals in the last two <laughs> games. But a five-four and a four-three win. We're we're making Jeez. soccer fun. So bet the over. Bet the. I'm going to bet the uh, over. To, tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, the Union win with a goal by Corey Burke. Yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> I'd rather, I was on the ride on the ride here, I was telling Fields your dislike for Corey Berg. And Corey Berg sucks. And how I've how I've said if Corey Berg if ever finds out, I'm stepping to the side. I'm gonna, I'm not I don't have your back on that one. Paxton Aaronson got my back. We'll jump him. <laughs> um my player of the match um is gonna go down to hopefully the LA Galaxy starting Ricky Pooch at some point soon. Hopefully this weekend. He'll start. I think they play tomorrow against Vancouver. So uh, no, nah, I'm a big LA, LA Galaxy fan. Okay, only for Ricky Pooch. That's that's really the only why, the only reason why I care. Okay, um, so I'm hoping that let's go Galaxy for. And now if he doesn't play, then screw the guy. <laughs> to watch. <laughs> um, Dwayne, do you have one? All right, I got two actually. Oh boy, I triggered my memory. So my first one's going to go out to the Aronson brothers for both scoring a goal on the same day. Both arguably probably should have been own goals. Well, Brendan's was an own goal. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, only, yeah, he was, yeah. He, his ended up being an own goal. Paxton's probably should have been an own goal, too. Okay. But pretty cool for both of them to score on the same day. Second one's going to go out to the MLS and Liga MAEQ for the All Star <sighs> Showcase weekend, not weekend, week. Um, I think it definitely helps grow the sport in both countries. It, the popularity of it. I think the All-Star Challenge is pretty cool. It's different. You don't see clubs overseas doing it. Did they do the Goalkeeper Wars thing again? I didn't even see the Goalkeeper Wars. Oh. I saw the Crossbar Challenge and the Passing Wars. It was training. Um, I mean, that was a good touch. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's American. Different. It's like, you know, but I think... I mean, embrace it. I think it was pretty cool. I think people got into it. Were so. there? Did they do the? Uh, did they do an interview mid game with a player while they were playing? I was not able to watch the because that's usually well. I mean, was Brad Guzan playing? Because Brad Guzan is notoriously known for uh, taking interviews in the middle of the game. Oh, nice. Uh, Andre Blake, Andre Blake was playing, and he was in some like Gucci shoes by the end of the game. <laughs> what? Like he played like the first thirty, and then at like halftime, I guess put on some regular shoes, got up his cleats, yeah, and right. have any like flip flops. He just put on some like Gucci shoes. <laughs> All um, right. But no, I think that's. I think it's a good opportunity, and the partnership that these two leagues are undergoing is is definitely going to grow the game in both countries. Um, I think Liga Mayaki is tapping into the fact that we're getting a lot of stars in MLS. Yeah, that are. 
towards the end of their careers and it's good for their brand as well all right um all right on this day in soccer history fields i told you you were gonna like this one friday or no not a friday but today august 12 1996 1996 yeah august 12 1996 first mls game no, <laughs> no. Um, does the does the name Bruce Rioch 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 sound familiar? Rioch. I remember it somewhere in there. Yeah. So he was the Arsenal manager who got fired after forty seven matches. Ah. And then um, the rumor was that uh, Johan Cruyff was going to take over, but he didn't, and who ended up taking over? Arsene Wenger. That's right. Yep. So it was today. Huh. August 12th was when he took the job. Took the job. That's cool. Yeah. So and the reason why it's cool also because what you brought up earlier about the kick-in. So Arsene Wenger now works for the um uh the international like rules board. He's in charge of like coming up with like crazy rules or not crazy rules, but like he's in charge of like coming up with like innovative ways to change the game. Okay. One of the ones that he came up with a couple of years ago was, and they tried this out at like a U17, like international tournament or something like that, was that pl- that it was kick-ins instead of throw-ins. Like you had the option to either throw it in or kick it in. Interesting. So Interesting. Arsene Wenger has tried that. Maybe I should share some similarities with him. Yeah, there you go. Hey, by the way, th- th- that new rule this year for the Premier League is five substitutions, correct? But it's only the last year. league to adopt that. Yeah, isn't it something? There's, there's a the caveat to it. it has to be at like at three moments, right? Yeah, you only have three windows. Okay, so that that to me, I like that rule. I think yeah, it, I the think, three windows is great. I, th- I think the windows itself is a great rule, given. I mean, obviously, if you had three changes in three windows, whatever. But I think the five substitutions and the three the three moments are is a really good. Um, halftime not counting is one of the most correct. Yeah, correct. yeah, and there's one, there's another league when you get that concussion substitution. <laughs> yeah, if you make a concussion substitution, yeah. the other team gets another substitution and they they don't lose a window with that substitution. I thought that wasn't the Premier League adopting the fact that, like, if a player was treated for a concussion, they were able to come back on if they were cleared by the medical staff. Then they try that at some point. I think they. Talked about it, but they never did it. Never did it. You know how dudes faking concussions. (laughs) Water break, just to get a water break. Um, All right, fair play of the week. Um, My fair play of the week goes out to Fields, um, not just for you know hosting me and my family here in Colorado, but also because if it wasn't for Fields, I don't think the soccer podcast would have started. That's true. I was an original you were, Sebastian and Fields soccer podcast. Yeah, that's right. Uh, figure it out, son. That's right. <laughs> figure uh, it out, son. Yeah, it was the one like two episode podcast that we did. Yeah. Um, but if it wasn't for that, and I was in, and I was thinking about this earlier, but it even clicked even more as I was setting up all the equipment because I was thinking back to the day when we recorded in your in your house in Knoxville, how we literally just recorded with my laptop, like. Um, but if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for, for that, like that conversation, like, Hey, we should do this. And like trying to think about that and then doing that. And then ultimately us moving to different sides of the country. Um, 
and then trying to still find a way to continue to do this and Dwayne jumping on board with my crazy idea of doing this every week for the last 111 weeks. Um, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened nice. because of that. So thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. I, I appreciate you. Um, all right, Dwayne, you got a fair play of the week? I'm going to give this up prematurely to the Hershey Cup. Demetrius. Yeah. Demetrius. Demetrius, sorry. No, no. I'm just repeating what you're saying. Yeah, Demetrius, yeah. Uh, Demetrius, Demetrius. I don't know. My Greek isn't that good. It's a great guy. Yeah, great guy putting this together, um, you know, supporting us with getting a U18 bracket. You know, we were yeah. an integral part of getting this U18 bracket together. So just shout out to them for organizing, putting everything together. Um, now, if I don't get the Hershey Cup, I'm going to take it back. <laughs> if I don't get the Hershey Bar, I'm taking Unfair it back. Fair play of the week. Yeah, take it back my fair play of the week. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Fields, you got a you got a player of the week or a fair play of the week? You're not. <clears throat> okay. Nobody did anything good in the game. <laughs> not that I can think of. Hey, right. I haven't been in too in touch with soccer this week. Um, I mean, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be like freaking just anything. Uh, but if you don't think anyone's done anything good, you know, yesterday one of the kids at camp, this camp finished, gave me a Snickers almond bar. Oh, nice. So I'm in. Oh yeah, that's definitely a fair play. I was You've done unsolicited and very much appreciated. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Hank. That's great. Well done, Hank. All right. Well, um, I think this wraps it up. 111 episodes in. Rec registration closes on Monday. Rec registration closes on Monday. That's correct. Make sure uh, you uh, get registered. Uh, UD versus DSU as is now the Route One rivalry, playing for the Delta. Always been the Route One rivalry. But no, no, no. They're but they're actually playing like UD versus DSU women's soccer are playing for an actual cup. There's an yeah, actual cup. football. Well, but that do it for women's soccer. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's already, yeah, I don't, don't care about football. Don't care just about football Mike either. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike's going to keep that at his house. He's, like, he's yeah. not losing that one. No. He's going to keep that one. Yeah. Good luck, uh, Mike. Um, but, yeah, so uh, we'll be out there next Thursday. Cheering on both teams. We, we have a connection to both teams. I don't have any UD apparel. I have DSU apparel. Oh, uh, well, I don't have any. Well, I think I do, but I'm wearing my Delaware Union stuff anyway. So, uh, saying so these, like, two huh? You're going to say non biased. You're going to wear something different. Well, I mean, we have one of our women's players plays at DSU. Okay. And then we also have two former Delaware Union players, one player that I coached that played at DSU as well. So, okay. we, we got to stay, we got to stay neutral. One of the, one of the UD players is one of our coaches, Sarah. Nice. Who, all, by the way, got uh, all CAA pre-season honors already. Nice. So congratulations, Sarah. I live right by DSU. They let us use their pool, so. Yeah. So is it, are we, so can we say that we'll make a bet before next week when we record? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> UD's favorite bet for you to have. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.